0: Hello
1: and welcome to The Creative Scramble, my name is Cal Thompson and today I'm joined by director Charlie Watts. Hi Hello. mate. Hello. How
0: are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Yes. Yeah, well, well.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Is this your is this your first podcast?
0: Yes, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a podcast virgin you could say, so this this is my first ever podcast. Well, I've, done, I've done sort of like blog posts and, and written articles before but I've never done a, a podcast. So. Right, well, uh, so stepping welcome to, the, to the wonderful world
1: of, uh, of audio. Mm-hmm. So could you give us a quick introduction? You know about yourself and what kind of stuff you do for anybody who doesn't know the big man Charlie Watts.
0: Um, so I am a director represented by a production called Chief Productions they're based at uh, Media City and they do anything from commercials, music videos, online content, documentaries. Uh, about two years ago uh, I signed to them so they've been representing me for the past like two years now um, I kind of, I kind of started out. So my, my background is my dad was a, as a cameraman for ITV. So he actually used to film Coronation Street when I was younger. And when I was like, I don't know, ten, eleven, twelve, I used to he used to take me into his work and on the sets. And at the time, it was more like, oh, this is this is cool because it's sort of behind the scenes. And as I got older, I kind of appreciated what he did for a living, as opposed to just seeing it as something weird and wonderful and cool. So I started asking questions. You know, he'd bring his camera home, and I'd start breaking it. Um, it his joy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he he started off in Coronation Street, but then he moved as I got older. He moved into to regional news broadcasts, So his sort of his sort of industry and world is, is kind of different to mine because I suppose you could say mine's more his more sort of commercial content, music videos. Whereas he was very, it was very much you know he would go to I don't know, for example, stand outside a courtroom for three hours to get a shot of one guy leaving. It was you know, so it was a kind of different discipline, but. That's um, tough,
1: isn't it, That's a tough job. Yeah, I mean, it, it, freezing your arse off.
0: Yeah, he fighting over each other, trying to get the right yeah. shot. Yeah. So again, so it's a diff, It's a different beast, really. Um, but the the sort of the basics of it, still, that is, you know, it's it's a film industry. So, so I kind of got into that. Um, I studied studied at, uh, first. I studying at school, which was kind of like media studies, which was like really theory based. So, you know, looking at sort of like over analysing films. Uh, then I went to college, did media again. That's that's college was probably the first time, first time sort of was given a camera, and told to go and make something for like a course. You know, so basically someone was going to watch it, grade you, and say this is shit or this is this is good. So me, me, and my mates made this. Uh, I don't know, I have, I have no idea where it is, but we made a, a, a sort of MTV Cribs because one of the mates at college was like his mum and dad were quite well off, so we had quite a big house. So he sort of like, said, can we come out to yours and. Make this over sort of dramatic cribs with a laddie pretended to be He's like this famous guy, which is we just basically pissed about for the afternoon and made this thing. Um And that's kind of when I got like a bit of a, a bit, I suppose a bit, of a bug for it really, and sort of like wanted to start making more stuff. Went to university, did the whole sort of university thing of uh, studying and like partying a bit too much, and then left university with kind of a degree in it was professional broadcast techniques, and it's quite a, it's quite a broad degree, you know we. we we did editing, we did shooting, we did like directing courses, we did music, co- like it was literally, it covered everything. So I left university and like most people, you're like, right, well, I've got a degree so I should I should get a job shortly now in, in whatever trade it was. That didn't work out. That, Spielberg didn't call you up. No, well, like, not at all. Do you want a job? <laughs> no, that, there, was, there was none of that. There was um, there was a lot of working for free. There was a hell of a lot of that. There was a lot of working for free sort of stuff that, like, I remember that time I rang up a sort of a post house. I won't say any names. Um, But I rang up a post house and was like, because I was quite, I I kind of started off more interested in editing, and that's why I got my first job in editing. But to go back, I kind of, so work experience was like, can I come in, do some, like, paid work or whatever? And I I got a response saying, um, there's no opportunities in the post department. However, we do have a cake trolley, which we push around for clients. uh, If you'd like to come in and push the cake trolley. And I just thought, wow. (laughs) Fuck that. And I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of that in, the industry and I think you have to be careful. It's it's a fine balance between working for free and knowing that there's, there may be an opportunity at the end of it or later down the line there might be something. But there is a lot of people that will sort of take the piss a bit and will make you work for you, I remember I went to somewhere once and I went for some work experience and the first day I literally just got sat on this desk, given a laptop and was given a three hour interview and was told to transcribe it basically. So just but write down, word for word, what was being said. So after about three hours into doing this, I was bored shitless and I thought, right, well, let me just have a look, Just I was being nosy, what else is on this laptop? And I, might, I found, basically, a folder over the last six months and they'd had work experiences every week, basically, to transcribe. So I was thinking, this is just free labour, This is and there's no opportunity here. So I think you've got to be careful and, and be wary of where you're going and what it is you've been asked to do. But at the same time, I think you do have to prepare yourself that when you finish studying, when you come out of university, college, it is so cutthroat and so many people want to be directors, want to be DOPs, want to be editors, that you're fighting against so many people. And I think even more so now because when I was at university, and this is me showing me age, age of it, Instagram wasn't really a thing. I mean, I had a Blackberry when I was at... University, uh, you yeah. the Blackberry pins. Yeah, yeah. So there was I wasn't putting stuff on Instagram. Then it was kind of when I left university. This was like a, a, a new thing. So I think now everyone you know has an Instagram profile, and everyone says that that you know filmmaker, which is completely fine if you're creating content. You are a filmmaker. You know it doesn't mean if you you've got to make a feature film to be classed as a, as a director. You've got to be making shooting fantastic stuff to call yourself a DP. Obviously, it depends on certain levels, but. Um, it's so cutthroat, and I think we have people coming to work experience at chief, and you get some people coming in that you can tell instantly that, that you're gonna make you're gonna make it because they're assertive, they ask questions, and then you will get the sort of people come in and think, well, I'll be here for two weeks and I'll probably get off of the job. So, mm. so yeah, so I kind of did that for a year, worked really hard, and then I had to take a bit of a back step because I did that for a year, but I'm, I am really passionate about what I do, and I always have been, but. Sometimes life does hit a bit and I was still living at home, no income.
1: How I, old are you at this point?
0: I was, at this point, I think I was 20, I think I was 22. Because I took a year out before I went to university. Right. So I, um, so I was kind of playing catch-up on everyone in my course. So I was 22, I was living at home. Um, didn't, I didn't have a camera at this point because I couldn't afford one. Um, and like five Ds and the, at the time, when five Ds, were like big. You know, like they would the, Everyone was shooting five Ds, so they were like it was like two grand for a five D, which like twenty two years of age, like with no income and you no. Know, I'm big not student debt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not just going to be. And mum and dad weren't. You know, I've always been sensible. Money and not just going to hand me two grand to sort of like oh here's a camera. So so I ended up getting a job actually in recruitment for about two months, which. I Hate it. <laughs> but it. But I needed the. I needed money, so I was doing that, and I was still doing sort of bits on the side at the weekends. And I got offered a, a camera assistant job on a weekend. For she was actually a lecturer. that was at the university, so she. I did some work experience at university with her, and she rang me up and says, "What are you doing? I've got some. I need a tr- camera assistant for the weekend." So I went and did that, and purely, I would say, I, I would say a, a lot of. What I've got is by luck, and then a lot of it is, it is it is luck and it isn't luck. Obviously, you always need a lucky break, but I always think if you're assertive and you put yourself in those positions, do you believe in luck? I, I don't. It's it's a tough one because I have I have had moments in my life where I'm like, especially career-wise, like that that was just pure luck. But then I also look back and when when you sort of realise it, I think, but I said yes to that opportunity that then led to that opportunity that led me to be there you know it wasn't it's not like i was i've ever just been walking down the street and someone's gone do you want to come and work for this or you know yeah so i could you could relate it back to the when i was at university i did it when i was at university i did a hell of a lot of work experience because a lot of the lecturers especially the ones that were working in the the, the, um, the industry at the time were saying you're in class twice a day you should be using the other time in the, in the or at the time in the day or the week you should be using the other time to go and find some work experience. Yeah. You know, go sense. and yeah, <laughs> go or go and make something. Mm. So I did a lot of that, which a, a lot of my sort of peers on my course didn't. A lot of them kind of did the lecture and then would go home or would just you know I don't know go and waste the time, which is totally fine. People, everyone's different. Mm. So when I left university, I'd already done a lot of work experience and kind of had some contacts. So this was one of the contacts. So you could say that. It wasn't luck because when I was at university, I was applying myself. But anyway, I digress. So, so the camera uh, assistant job at the weekend was on a shoot for a advertising agency, and they they had a client which was a big supermarket. And the producer on that job was a girl that was friends with my sister when she was in primary school, and I'd not seen this girl in like ten years. And I kind of saw her on set, and I was like, "I know you." She's like, "I know you." She's like, "I didn't know you did this," and I was. I didn't know you did this. I mean, at the time, and I didn't say to her, oh, yeah, I'm working in recruitment at the moment. This is just kind of doing this on the weekend. I kind of said, oh, yeah, I've just finished university. I'm doing this, you know, sort of part-time, like full-time kind of freelancing. And she said, oh, we've got an opportunity coming up as a, sort of a junior role in a, an advertising agency as an in-house camera and editing. So cut to a month later, I got this job. So went for the interview, got this job, said bye-bye to recruitment they weren't very happy about that because they took me on as like a, a role which I it, obviously I needed money so I said oh yes I, I'm done with the film sort of thing which I, I never was it just was a means to an end so I went, went to this advertising agency and absolutely loved it I was on site there was like 300 people at this place it was, um, loads of creatives like exposed to editing cameras basically I was I was there was kits so was, they had cameras they had Mac they had everything which I didn't have so Aside from working, I used to, like, nick stuff and, you know, like, take the camera on the weekend, like, take it to, like, a skate park, film some skaters, or... Borrow it temporarily. Borrow it temporarily, yeah. <laughs> Sorry will reiterate, I did take all the stuff back and never, never <laughs> get told of any of it. Um, and kind of, like, yeah, made, made bits and bobs. Uh, and I think that's what I've always done, is I've always made stuff away from work. Um, and a lot of my opportunities have come from stuff that I've done off my own back. Mm. There's a there's a guy called uh, Aaron Draplin, who's a graphic designer in America, I don't know if you've heard of him. No. So he does some really cool uh, TED Talks, and he, he he does one where basically talks about that if you if you work in sort of like the creative sector, if you're like graphic designer, musician, editor, filmmaker, anything that requires like a craft, you basically, you can be your own client. Like nothing's stopping you going making if you want to go and make a music video, find a musician or find a song that's already been made and go and make it. If you want to design a logo for a sports brand, make your own fictitious sports brand up. You know you can make your own stuff and you can put it out there. And if people like it, when they come and ask you, you don't have to say, "Oh yeah, it was for me." You can I'm not say bend the truth. Or you don't. Even, you can be completely honest. You make something that's cool and people like it. Just that's what, what spec ads are. Exactly, yeah. Like spec ads. Like if if you want to make something, if, if you watch something and feel like, oh, I could, I could do, I could do something like, that, go, and, go and do it. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I've always been a big believer in that you should, you should make as much stuff on your own as possible because it's, it's, it's and again, that cl- when, there's no clients. There's no one saying like, I don't like this shot. Take that out. Um, I don't think you should have done it this way. Change this. You are like in my case in terms of film. I am the editor, the director, the client. Uh, the account manager, ev- everything rolled into one, like, it's m- it my say. So, mm. so yeah, I've always, I've always been a big believer in doing that, and that's kind of how I, I got to Chief, because I was working at another production company, and we are doing a lot of sports stuff, so, and a lot of that stuff was kind of, sometimes it was internal sports stuff, or was stuff that I couldn't really associate with my name, because it was part of a bigger picture. So I put a few shorts online, and uh, Colin Offland, who owns Chief, uh, who's always been a big advocate of sort of like nurtur- nurturing sort of younger talent and bringing people through? He got in touch with me and said, Do you want to come in for a chat? And that was like two years ago, and today is sort of where we are. Yeah, yeah. that was a long. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the quick introduction. <laughs> long, sorry about that. <laughs> That's
1: really interesting. Just. If you could just tell us a little bit about some of the projects you've done recently, I you know one mm-hmm. that sticks in my mind is um Blossom's music video. Yeah, yeah Which was epic. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. If yeah. you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. i yeah. put the link in the show notes. It's yeah. a, there's a big homage to Back to the Future. Yeah. Um and so it it's really, really well made. you could just tell us about that experience, how that came yeah, about? Yeah. They're still uh, quite a young ish band. But yeah. they're very well known,
0: especially in the yeah. UK. Oh yeah, doing really, really well. Um that was a that was a a long day as well. For that sort of yeah. <laughs> that <was> one day. <laughs> that was one day. Oh yeah. my god. I, w- I was I woke. I was up at about uh, five and I went to bed at about one o'clock in the morning. Nice. So yeah, that was the, that before going to school. That that was a, a long day and there was a lot of people that did a lot of sort of went above and beyond for that. So I was so appreciative on that day of everyone that sort of put the work in because mm. if you if you have or if you haven't or if you do, you'll see that there's a lot of moving parts in that. That video, which again, like as you as you do, I do more of this stuff, you realise that some some productions you make you can't just do on your own, as you'll you'll kind of see from that. But yeah, back to it, to the blossoms. So the, the blossoms is quite is quite. A, it's not I suppose it's not funny stuff. It's quite a a close story in terms of me because so when I first started, they kind of first started. So I know Joe, who's the drummer in the band. Joe is, there's, there's quite a few connections here, so, <laughs> very, so Joe, uh, Joe's sister is friends with my sister. So I always knew Joe as my sister's mate's little brother. Um, and when I st- was working at this advertising agency and had all this kit, there was this camera line about, Joe was putting stuff on his social media, like uh, he was in a band and putting stuff up. And I think when... I first started making films, like, I made I, I made a film once on Northern Quarter, which was just long lens stuff with people walking slow motion, and it got received really well, but then after that I was like, I want to film something that's a bit more, that's not just observatory, like, you know, it's more of a content around it, more of a, a subject matter. So I, I spoke to Joe and said, oh, like, can I come and film you guys rehearsing? And for them it was like, you know, great, because we, we're starting out as a band, we can get some stuff on film. So I shot them rehearsing once or twice, and then, I actually filmed their first ever gig as a band, which was in the Blue Cat in Heaton Moor, which, I'm, I think it's still open. Well, that was, that was yeah, it was, it was mad, because it, it sold out, it was the it was first ever show, but there was loads of people there. I remember they got changed in the back of a white van at the back of the venue. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to film it and make it look really like, because for me, it was like, yeah, I'm filming a gig. So I was a bit like, I don't really want to film getting changed in the back of a van, because it sort of makes it look less than it was. But um, So yeah, I shot that, and then kind of like, I mean, obviously, they've progressed a lot faster than I have and are at a bigger, different level than I am, but um, I've kind of always sort of done stuff with them. Um, and like obviously know them all now, sort of. So, so, so yeah, I know Joe because Joe's sis- sister's my sister's friend. Um, Tom, Miles, Charlie and Josh. Josh lives near me, which I didn't actually realise till about two years ago. He actually lived behind my mum and dad's house. Um... But yeah, they're, they're, what I love about The, the Bossoms is they're a great set of lads and they're not your typical rock and roll, you know? You look at a band and you think they're out partying all hours of the day, they're rude. They're not, they're just genuine lads, like, and they're lovely to work. Yeah, just With literally, down genuine st- down, down to earth lads from Stockport. Um, and yeah, they've, they, they, they've been really good to me as I've progressed because... Um, I actually shot the first ever music video Off the first album, Charlemagne. And again, I remember Tom at the time, who's the lead singer, uh, rang me up and was like, Charlie, what what are you doing at the weekend? And it was like on a Wednesday. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, no plans. And he said, Oh, we've just got some money from the label to make the uh, Charlemagne music video. Can you do it? Wow. So I was like, "Um, Yeah, how much have we got? And he said, like, this amount of money at the time. I was like, Wow, like, this is great. Like, because usually stuff I'd done from was like me and a, you know, like a DSLR and just sort of like, ploughing through, so we we kind of we do it like a little crew, we shot it in uh per mill in Stockport. Uh, that was another long day, but just a performance video. And I remember the, the, the song came out that week, and I was driving into work, and I heard it on uh, XFM, and it, it was kind of like, I was like, wow, this is like, this is going to be pretty big. So, um, so yeah, as fingers progressed, sort of like working again on other stuff, the the, the video that you just mentioned, that was, that actually came into chief through a music video commissioner. So how I don't I will clue up people how how music videos work at a certain level but um you have commissioners who basically represent the band and they speak to production companies etc. So that actually went up for pitch so I had to pitch on that with the work. So your relationship prior then didn't help you get that particular music video. Um I think I'd be na- naive to say it didn't. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say oh no, completely I pitched against others and I was chose purely they obviously they they knew that I was pitching on it, but there was you know there was top directors from London, there was other guys from Manchester you know there was other good ideas in the pot. um but I think because my because I knew the lads so well like I knew sort of an idea that would tailor towards them and they could probably relate to more and um I'd obviously worked with them in the past so so yeah again, it's like you could say you could say that was luck, but then you you could say it isn't luck because. You know, I'd, I'd worked with them for years, and before they were the blossoms. You know, I, I went and filmed them in a really sweaty venue, pushing through like people who were pissed up, like, elbowing me with a camera. Like so, so again, it's like it is over a progression of time that it's developed. But yeah, totally, I had to pitch against other guys, and ultimately the band kind of have a say. But a commissioner will get say ten treatments from directors and bin four of them, and then only show six to the band. A lot of the time, that's what it works. I mean, last year I pitched on probably 25 music videos and only shot two, I think. Right. So it's really hard, like, it's really cutthroat. And a lot of the time you just don't even hear back. And you've put How much time does it take to sort of put into a pitch? It depends, really. I mean, sometimes you'll get a music video brief through and you'll listen to the track and instantly be like, "This, I know what I want to do this. Or sometimes you'll get a brief through and it'll give you the song and the artist or the label will give you a brief as in so I've, I just shot one uh, two weeks ago for a, a band uh, called The Larkins. You should watch out for them, I think they're going to be big. <laughs> I hope they're going to be big. <laughs> um, no, they're really good. They're, they're just signed to the same label as uh, 1975, Biffy Clyro, uh, Birdie. So they're in good company and obviously b- they're being backed. Um, but the brief for that one was, again, was a bit more specific. So it, it needed to be a performance video so the band have to feature because it was a debut single. Um, I pitched them this idea to build this cube. this box shape. We'd film them in this uh, white cube and around it we'd create this black space so almost give this illusion that this white box is sort of floating in a black void and then we built this sort of like never-ending corridor and then I introduced a smaller narrative of of this boy and girl so the brief for that was performance which then I delivered but added a little sort of sweetener on top of it a loose narrative of this boy and girl. Um, But in, in terms of writing the treatment, yeah it can depend, you can you can think of something instantly. I've had times where a, a brief's come in for an artist and you're like, wow, like I, re- I really want to get this. And you can sit there for two, three days scratching your head, you know, until you think of something and then you put all the work into it and then you just, that's it, you just, you send it and you won't even get a, a thank you or, or received. You literally send that, you know, the commissioner receives it and then you only hear back if they want to speak to you about it or if you've, you've won the video. So it's, it's really tough. Um, and a couple of directors at Chief that I've worked on like really know big artists like it's, it's the same across the pond it's not just at the lower end um, in terms of getting paid for your time
1: then how does that yeah. work with pitching because you're, you're putting a lot of time so yeah, two or three yeah. days is yeah. that all a set, effectively a thankless task until you get the commission and then you'll get paid for your time yeah I mean, you know I mean
0: it's it's a really weird like a really weird industry and it's a really weird job that I have because because I live with my uh, best two best mates and one of them is a delivery driver, the other um, is just about to enter the police force. Uh, but he, he currently works sort of like in the travel sector. But it's really hit hard sometimes to come up from work and, and describe your day to someone when y- you may have been, like I may have been in the office all day and done nothing, but mentally you've done a lot, if that makes sense. So it's, not, it's not a typical job to the, the, exactly you know, the average yeah. Joe. Yeah, so it's exactly the same as in terms of like if you walk through the door at half eight and they're like, where have you been? You're like, oh, I've just been at work and you kind of explain that you've just been sat there staring at a laptop trying to write something or it's really weird but in terms of, of paying for time and stuff like that, it's a it's a it's a funny it, a funny realm the treatment business because a lot of directors say that they feel they should be paid for submitting treatments because you are you know you creating an idea for someone that although they may not like it's not to say that later down the line it might spark a trail of thought for them on something else i've heard of stories of directors that have pitched um music video treatments, not got the music video and then the video's come out six months later and it's been done by another director but you can see their idea sort Ouch. of... Ouch. <laughs> yeah, as I've heard like really bad stories of that and it, it's well, it's, it's kind of it's kind of plagiarism really because although it, it's not, they've not stole the idea fully, you know, it's clearly there to see. So the artist has probably seen two treatments gone. I really prefer treatment A but I like what treatment B's got in it. So then he might have a conversation, or the commissioner might speak to director A and say, really love this, could you introduce this, sort of, the, the artist really likes this. So that there's, happens. There's absolutely no way of stopping that. No way of stopping there? it, no way of controlling it. No way really of proving it to an extent, because it is kind of their word against yours. Mm. So, so yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, there's, there's there are as you go sort of like into the bigger realms of commercials, there are some production companies or clients that will... Pay for treatments to be submitted, but it is very rare. I mean, yeah, a lot of hours are put in to submitting work that you just never even hear back from. So,
1: so with like the representation from Chief, are you technically yeah. a full-time director for Chief, or are you self-employed, and are you allowed to take on like other, yes. other jobs?
0: So it's um again like it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of a funny, funny sort of like realm. So so basically, yeah, they they represent me on a commercial music video business on a basis, Um, so I'm, if you go on their website, the list of directors, I'm on there, there's like 10 other directors on there, Um, you could probably say I'm I'm sort of the the bottom of the pile because I've I've only been signed for two years, I've only been directing full time for two years, Um, but there's some really top directors on there, you know, guys like Joe Connor who's done music videos for like Sam Smith, Um, he's just done, uh, what's she called now, Jess. Jess Glynn. Jess Glynn. He's just done Jess Glynn's music video. He's done loads of stuff for the Cortinas. Uh, You've got Nate Camponi, who's a great commercial director. He's just done some stuff for Hyundai. Um, He's done a James Cooper music video. Uh, And then there's a guy called Johnny Weisberg. Again, he's done loads of cool commercials. Uh, He's done some stuff for Band of Skulls. Um, So, you know, I mean, good company. And it's great to have representation because. You are basically you're basically being backed by a company that, that makes stuff, and I've, and especially Chief, we've been making stuff for years, to say that you know we we support this guys. I hate to use the word vision because <laughs> it sounds really pretentious, but yeah, they kind of support you. And but at the same time, yeah, I, I kind of I'm not a Monday to Friday, so we are not I'm not paid to be in the office Monday to Friday night to five. Um, I do quite often. I'll go in, you know, most weeks because. I find it a good working environment to be in and people are great, but um, no, I'm not like staff money to Friday and likewise with other sort of uh, projects, I can take on other projects depending on what they are, you know, I couldn't go and start directing for another production company in Manchester because that would be sort of like a bit shitty of me, but you know, if it's like smaller projects, um, like I did some stuff with, there's a menswear magazine called Proper Magazine. And I did some stuff for them uh, with Reebok at the start of the year, um, so yeah, I, I, I can do other stuff within reason, um, but it's really good to kind of you know to be represented by a chief because I say they are they're a fantastic production company. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's loads of different types of video mm-hmm. and film. So you've mentioned commercials, yeah. music videos, there's feature narratives, there's yeah. long form dramas, documentary, branded content, corporates, mm-hmm. you know, etc. This goes on. Do you think you have a speciality in what you do, and mm. do you find you get pigeonholed as that certain type of director, or mm. can you expand mm. into other things?
0: I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say pigeonholed, but the the the, the early stuff I was making when I, when I first started, I, I, I really liked little mini docos, like cinematic docos. There's a there's a stock website. There's music called the Music Bed. Heard of them? Yes. Yeah. So they do some. Have you seen some of the shorts they used to do? They don't really do anymore. Not really. So they did some really cool, like, uh, cinematic shorts. You should go on the Vimeo and look at them if, if you've not seen them. So I kind of like really was interested in them. So I kind of like find started finding little stories. So, so yeah, I kind of did like those little mini docos and then sort of like some abstracty stuff. Um, I made a film called People last year. Was it last year? The year before? Which where me and my mate Matt Jones, who's a, a DP. Uh, literally, I just rang him and said, "I've got this idea. Can we just go out, take your camera?" And we went and approached about 150 strangers in the street. Which when I told him, he was just like, "That's never going to happen." We it's like, hard to do. I fucking yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, get told to fuck off. He was like, "We've got no chance." So, so, but the idea is basically, I don't know if anyone's um, seen the guy who does Humans of New York. He takes photos of just strangers in the street and then asks them. Questions What's about the them, story? Like, yeah, yeah, kind of like, and I thought let's do that in a video, <laughs> excuse me, a video format. So yeah, like that was again was like a cinematic documentary. And it it, t- it turned out to be like a, re- like a really good little piece of work for me because I got a load of work off the back of it. So yeah, I do kind of like get calls a lot about sort of doco mini doco content that's that looks a bit more cinematic. Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily pigeonhole because you do you get some weird and wonderful stuff land on your desk. Like I had I had this thing for some without going into too much detail. It was like a it was like a, a cancer campaign for the Bollywood for for a Bollywood screening for an Indian audience. In women, it was just you know what I mean. It's like and it's, it's clearly not really you what you've done in the past. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so you will get stuff that's just like well, what like. So I suppose that's what's great about, because you do get some really wonderful stuff. And I suppose well, I wouldn't really want to be pigeonholed and sort like, you know, so people only send me certain stuff. But I mean, like I think like most people, well, say most, but I I know myself. Like I love doing like music stuff, fashion stuff, like and little mini taco stuff. Uh, The one thing I'd say that I'm absolutely bobbins at and rubbish at uh, is like humour, comedy stuff, like tongue in cheek stuff. Right. Not to say one game. You're just it. not
1: funny in general. <laughs>
0: like, one of those things. I think of like, a lot of dad jokes, etc. But I'm not. You know, there's a lot of good comedy directors out there. And to direct comedy is really hard, like because yeah. a lot and a lot of it is made in the edit. But yeah, I, it's not something I've ever really done and I don't. Not say so I never try my hand at it because never say never. But yeah, it's not really. So you mentioned like some of your work. The doco style stuff is quite abstract-y, yeah, yeah. and
1: it is if you watch you know a bunch of your videos you'll see there's a similarity in terms yeah, of it. Yeah. quite fast paced yeah, yeah. you know you, t- you, you you go for some quite quirky shots, quirky mm. angles um, how do you like to work sort of to achieve that look do you plan that in advance, you storyboard that type of style or do you, is it all in your head and uh, you just kind of go about it on the day
0: yeah prob- probably a lot. I never. I don't really start. I mean, you st- I storyboard stuff for, for jobs where it requires it, you know, because commercials like, when they've got yeah, thirty seconds, exactly. Like every shot like has to count. Someone, st- you know, you sat in a meeting with like eight people, and you can't just say to them, "Yeah, it's just gonna look cool." <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. Like you have to show them like visual references and stuff. But when it's like my kind of like my own work on my like short films, um, I kind of like have an idea of what I want in my head, and then a lot of the times like. Stuff will just happen, like, and again, we talked about looks. So, like, the um, the Reebok job I've just done, uh, which was for the launch of this these two trainers, um, we just took four sort of four little sort of cast members out for the day, and I was chatting to one of the guys, and he was telling me that he 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 does like a bit of MCing, so I was like, right, I was like, can you like, how good are you? So he, he he started doing it. I was like, that's fucking ace. I was like can you do that related to the like the shoe a bit or something related to reebok so he was like yeah yeah sure so he's like i'm like the least gangster sort of person so when i say this please forgive that. Like, so it, so he spat some bars <laughs> and it was an ace and then when it got back to the edit the track that i'd got i kind of edited much to to what he'd said and beat matched it and it basically made the film but that was never in the original brief to the client mm. i mean I, that was quite a cool project to work with because that was literally like we said to Reebok this is the idea, this is where we're going to go, this is what we're going to kind of shoot, we're going to shoot on like high VHS, we're going to shoot on 35mm stills, we're going to shoot on digital and they were like yeah cool go and do it. So that, I mean that's really rare yeah, for that yeah. to ever happen, I was pretty amazed when that kind of came off but, but yeah in the end the, the film was made by one of the cast members being able to rap in my opinion. And you only found that out on the day? found that out on the day. I had no idea. It wasn't something that was but it was and like, right, we need to find a rapper yeah. so, that's going to... So... That's amazing that you, you just jump on those magical
1: moments when they yeah, happen, yeah. that's having a good eye for it. It's well, just well, as important well, yeah. as planning I it. I suppose having you know? a
0: good eye and again, like... <laughs> oh, good ear. Talk about luck, like... I guess, yeah. That was, I suppose you could say that that was kind of luck, but then, you know, it, it, and then I look at him and say that when I first asked him, he was a bit wary, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll ask you at the end of the day, so all day I was sort of, you know, sort of working on him and eventually he did this right but yeah so it depends like I think sometimes you, you will just on the fly you'll, you'll get to a location You but like, oh this this we didn't know this existed or um yeah I think just don't be so don't be so precious about what it is you're going to make because stuff will always happen on the day just like shit stuff will always happen on the day like yeah. something won't won't turn up or you know it'll start to rain I shot a short film two years ago and it was all outside <laughs> And it was the wettest weekend I think like on record like that year. But but even amazing, more amazing. Every time we went to shoot, the rain just stopped. Right, it, was, yeah. it became a laughing thing at the end of the weekend. Like we were on, like the last setup on the Sunday, and it was raining as we were driving to the location, and everyone was like in the van going like, yeah, "It'll be fine when we get there. It'll stop raining." And it, it amazingly did. So. <laughs> I'm coming across as like a really lucky, lucky guy, and I'm probably not doing myself any favours. I'm just don't don't employ me. I'm just purely luck. <laughs> that's this this power in. Uh, yeah, yeah, what is it, Deadpool? That the girl who has a yeah yeah power is luck. So yeah, yeah.
1: don't take it for granted. Uh, at what point in your career did you do you actually call yourself a director?
0: Oh God, probably probably <laughs> probably towards the end of last year. I still find it really weird, like. It's a broad with, term, isn't it? You yeah. know, you've got
1: like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, exactly. the big boys yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you're still creating yeah. daily. It's, it's and really weird wh- for it. Does that yeah. make you a director? I don't know. I suppose it does, but I mean, I hate. I hate when we go when you go out or when you meet people at a party or it's always that question. what do you what do you what do you do for a living? And I just kind of always just go. Oh, I just mess with cameras for a living. Like, or just my, my friends will often because they think it winds up all we'll the Oh, he's a photographer. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a photographer, because it is. It's that's because I think you quite often you will probably it's easier be, to explain. isn't Yeah, it? of course. <laughs> it. You'll you'll know when you go to someone. and sort of, you say, oh, what what do you do in your arm? Like I own a production room and DP. they be like, oh, that's cool. What? Or then it'll be like, who've you worked with? that's yeah. famous. And you're like, oh god, please not again.
1: Yeah. Most They're of like, the time, no. Famous. I know. They're like, oh, have I seen any of
0: your work? It's like, well, yeah.
1: You know, did you watch that John Lewis advert? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's another. Oh, what have you done that I have seen? And most of the time, it's like. Probably nothing. Have you heard of
1: this indie band?
0: Yeah, like they're really famous, but your circle, you just don't care. Yeah. Do you know I mean? um, so yeah, I call myself direct. Like, yeah, still, still, kind of like don't. I, I mean, you kind of. I think after a while, I'm gonna have to sort of adopt it and feel comfortable with because it, it, it is, I suppose, what my job title is. But yeah, it's, it's a weird. I kind of usually say like more of like filmmaker or like yeah, I prefer you know, filmmaker. Work, yeah, working well. in sort of like production. Um, and again, because I think there's a lot of people that. Um, like I'll see a lot on Instagram, which again is totally fine, everyone's, everyone's you get like, people like, Instagram bio, director, DP, editor, colorist, visual effects artist, music composer. And you're it's right. one thing people hate in the film industry isn't it, it's yeah. being a jack of all trades. Yeah. But, then it, but then again, it's like, they've kind of got a point, I mean if you can do all those things to a specific standard, and if your client, you know, say if like I'm making a film for, a client and it's just purely me, I've gone and shot it, I've gone and edited it, directed it, technically uh, you are those roles so, mm. and there's a lot of people I know that are sort of like... So is that quite a dated ideology then, that you have so. to eat yeah. the specialty and stick with it and that's all you can do? Yeah I think so, I think as well, I think there's a lot of... Because everything is made so fast now and everything's like on Instagram and YouTube, Like, it's I I'm I honestly believe that in about 15, 20 years, TV commercials will probably be a dead... A, d- a dead form because, like my cousins are both like twelve and thirteen, and whenever I see them, they're just on the phones. Like they don't even watch television. So mm. what? I, it's it's definitely going to start shifting to people making stuff for YouTube for Facebook more and more mm. and more. Oh, <laughs> <talks about> <laughs> <laughs> um, And I and I and I think as well that if you go on YouTube and like you look at the like if, it, it, I suppose it's it's evident really. It's fact if people on YouTube like there's a usual called Casey Neistat like in. If you watch his, his videos and his blogs, like you know, some of them are out of focus, n- some of them don't match in the grade, like some of the sounds really bad. But they're getting six million views a day, and that guy's like earning a fortune. Who's going to argue? Do you know who's going to argue? you? Obviously, there'll always be a, a, the film industry when you go to the, the movies and you want to sit down and pay like you know, fifty, which is extortion, fifteen pounds for Disbury Cinema. But yeah. um, there's always going to be that realm. But I mean, if an idea is great. And it tells a story. I watched it uh, on Netflix actually last night. There is a film called "This is terrible" because I forgot the name of it. But it, it was all shot on an iPhone. And you,
1: Steven Soderbergh.
0: Yes, I can't the ba- remember the film. It's about um, the basketball, about the the uh, NBA had been during the lockout. But it's all shot on a phone, and it's just I just thought that was absolutely amazing. So again, it's like pff, if you can shoot something, shoot 4K video on your phone, doesn't really matter, does it? So yeah. I th- I I think it's definitely changing, you know, it, it, if, you, if you're confident enough to go to make something and put those sort of labels next to your name, I think go and do it, like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think you will always get sort of the snobs in the industry that are like, you can't call yourself that because you've not been doing it for 15 years, which it's bollocks isn't is, it? It is bollocks really, I think it's just, I think to be honest, you get a lot of that because it was always a set way, you know, it was. it's like when my dad used to broadcast camera on, he would go out with himself, a sound guy. A producer and a presenter. Whereas now you'll see like news broadcasts going out with their own camera and just shoot, you know, self shooters. So mm. it's just it's just because it's changing and people. It, you're kind of in that transition. So the well, technology's got better
1: and easier mm. to use, and so that's yeah. been a big thing as well. And that people yeah. people are. Expected to do more, especially in smaller production. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's there's been tons of productions where I've had to to shoot, to run sound, to light, mm. and then to direct, which yeah. would have typically historically been four roles. Yeah, and that's very very hard to do. Yeah, uh, and to do it well, but it sometimes is
0: expected. And I think as well because because more and more people are doing it, um, it's almost like if you if you aren't prepared to do that, the next guy will, if that makes sense. Mm. Which is a good thing and it's a bad thing because you do. You know, often sometimes I'll get work that comes and lands on my desk, you know, stuff that's kind of away from you you know, through my website. And they'll be like, love your stuff, we've got this job, this is how much money you've got. And you're a bit like Ooh. not like snobby about it, but I think sometimes you've gotta you you've gotta try and stay a bit true to yourself in terms of what you what you think you're worth. Never really undersell yourself because especially if someone comes to you and then says, Oh, but we've only got this I think you should never be afraid to go say, Okay, well, you know, I'd, I'd come back to me when you've got a budget. Yeah, maybe <laughs> and not necessarily like, but, maybe, but <laughs> even if it's like, say it's the, say you want to do it, but say they have offering you X amount of money and you think, well, I should really be getting probably paid an extra two, three hundred quid for that. I go back and say, look, I really want to work at this project, but th- this is probably my rate. And it, Quite often when I've done that, it, p- people understand me, I go, okay, well, fair enough, well. But I think sometimes, yeah. but it's hard because, again, I sit in a, in a position where, you know, I'm represented and I'm, I'm, at the moment I am busy, but there has been times where literally I've like not had a job on for two months, and you are literally like, "Yeah, I'll do it for two hundred quid. Do it mm. for, because you need the money." And, and again, like, still got to be realistic, haven't you? You've got bills to pay. Have, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people as well that kind of like will just. I think inst- for me Instagram is a it's a fantastic tool, but it's also really bad. I was chatting to a, a guy on Instagram the other day, actually, and he was just saying like, "Yeah, I love like the stuff you post, et etcetera." Et cetera and you must be doing really well. And I think that's a misconception because, you know, after after August, I didn't have a job on for two months, but you wouldn't know that from looking at social media because I'm not going to... And likewise, the stuff that I do do that's a bit more, say, corporate, I'm not going to put on my social media. There's, it's that old saying, there's jobs for meals and there's jobs for reels. And some work that... I do, you know, I still do some work now, but that I do it for the, for the money, if that makes sense. Like, I said, never... I, uh, f- f- these people make me laugh when they're just like, "Oh, I just do it purely for the craft, and I'd never, ever do anything that that, that, that doesn't fulfil me as a, as a filmmaker." So I just think that's a load of bollocks. It's like you've got to, you've got to pay your rent. You've got, got a trust fund or something, then. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like, well, why are you? Why are you? How are you living your life? I mean, fair enough if you've just if you've just been paid like 10k for a for a job and then you don't have to work two months. But I think a lot of the people that, that the level that talk about that, I, I, I think it's it's a, it's a, again it's it's. It's an industry where everyone's got their own opinion, and it's it's all sort of I don't know. It's weird ever evolving. Ever evolving, yeah. So we we briefly talked about
1: you know doing multiple multiple roles. These tend mm-hmm. to be on smaller productions, yeah. sort of passion yeah, yeah. projects, or you know smaller branded lifestyle type mm-hmm. films where you can manage it. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you said. The, the success of the Blossoms' music video yeah, was yeah. because you had a big team around you, Yeah. yeah. and you could you couldn't have done that type of scale production yeah, yeah, by totally. yourself. Like yeah, yeah. how many
0: people were involved in that type oh, of production? And um, so, on the bloss on the day, uh, I remember looking around at, at one point, and we probably had so we had the f- we had the five lads, then we had this is just sort of like cast. We had like six featured cast then we probably had about 20 extras so that's like what over 30 people just cast and then there was me there was a first AD a second AD producer production assistant DP focus puller first AC sound guy <laughs> I think there's about gaffers mm-hmm. there was about four free gaffers on that mm-hmm. there was f- and there was Free art department. Uh, there was, there was uh, hair and makeup. There was probably three makeup artists. Because they've got to do all the extras as yeah, well yeah, as yeah, the yeah, cast. Loads. So, yeah, There was there like two stylists. There was lo- there was an absolute ton of people. And it was
1: a period piece, which meant you had to do all the costumes,
0: yeah. all yeah. the funky hair, yeah. all the set. Yeah, so, so a lot little, of work in it. Hell of a lot of work that went into it. Um, and that actually, that actually so the school we shot at actually was my old school, so that's why I went to school. Oh, nice one. So that was actually the same school that, that, um, that Joe uh, and Josh and Tom went to. So it was, quite a, it was quite a nice sort of... Quite nostalgic. Yeah, it was quite weird to go back to your old high school and film a music video with a band whose half of the members went to that school. And a team of 50 people now team working. Of 50 with people and there were some of my old teachers there that you could, like, and there were some of my old teachers that are in the video. So my old PE teacher and my old RE teacher are both in the video. Oh, nice. And did they ask you that before? Like, oh, no, I got out we, 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 we went to it all week and, went, and I, I was I seen a few of them around and I just said, like, it was weird because I kept calling, like, Miss, you know, Mr. Chandler, Mr. Murphy, kept calling by the name. Like, the would say like, So, went, oh, <laughs> no, don't call me that. And I was like, can we get you in this video? it would be hilarious. it like, be great. But, yeah, it was real nostalgic to be in, in a hall where, you remember like sitting doing exams or like, yeah, yeah, so but yeah, big you, stuff like you do need a big team, but but again, like, you, I see some stuff on Vimeo which, which has got staff picked or like it's done amazing. There's one guy is purely done if his back, so yeah, yeah. That's another thing I'd say is never, never like a lot of people t- sometimes people talk about oh, I'd love to, I'd love to make some like, or I'd love to, you, li- all it needs is like even your phone, like, just go, if you've got a good subject matter and an idea. It just you don't go. need a Alexa Mini every no, time. No, not at all. I think a lot of people, a lot of you think that, oh, that God, if I had a, a red or an Alexa Mini or an animal lenses, like, I could make something that looks beautiful. Like, but on the flip side, I've shot stuff on an Alexa or an AFM lenses, and when I've got it back and seen the edit, I just, I hate it. So it doesn't yeah. matter what it's shot on. Like, you know, if if it's if the subject matter is good, like, go and do it. Give it a yeah, go. Yeah. Directing
1: like a massive music video, like like for Blossoms can look quite glamorous from the outside you yeah. know you, you sit behind a monitor you shout action you yeah. know comes all this fame and fortune yeah. <laughs> you know obviously I'm, I'm only joking but yeah. what's the reality like what's an average day like on that type of production
0: um, you said you woke up ridiculously early already yeah music video, Music videos are really hard because you watch a music video and you're like you know, as, a, as, an, as an audience, you're watching, you, you, whether you like the song, you don't like the song, but, you know, they, they usually look pretty slick and cool, some of you them know, are like low-budget and not as good, but a um, lot of work goes into music videos, and, and as well, and I think another misconception is that there's not a lot of money in music videos anymore. Like people, Even just, like, budgets are not that big, like... But as, a, as like, a director and, like, you know, other directors that I, that I know in the industry, like you do them, again, for the, you do quite a lot for the love of it, like, you know, you will do it because it's, music is great because it's kind of like, especially narrative ones, it's like a short film, basically, you know, you, you're you making something that, you know, if you padded it out, possibly could be a, a, you know, a 50 minute short film, but the reality is there's not a lot of money in them, and you have to work fucking hard, <laughs> um, and there's a lot of stress on the day because,
1: the book stops with you, right? Everyone comes to you yeah, with like
0: questions all the time. Especially on some shoots when you've got, it's different shooting a music video. You mates when it's all like a joke and laughing, and you can have a few beers, or you're shooting it. So when you're going on a set and you've got like fifty people, and you know there's people there that are looking at you, thinking if you know you're tied into a contract. If you don't deliver this music video on this day, or if you don't shoot thing you need to shoot, like we're coming for you, <laughs> which is which is you know it's quite a daunting thing. Um, I Remember on the Boston's when we were at lunchtime, we were we're quite behind, and you do like you know I'm not gonna lie, you do feel the pressure at times if you think of it Sh- like shit. Like you've got like, a first AD who's hopefully taking the pressure off you in terms of scheduling, yeah, but you yeah. still feel it anyway. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, yeah, first ADs are, are there p- to to organise time, etc. But ultimately the book will lie with you because they're only there to sort of guide to an extent. You know, they will they've been on shoots where right, the first day you look at it and go you like Charlie, like you need to really start moving on now. You've got we should have been off this setup half an hour ago. But then they will say to you, But if you feel you need it, like you, you know, I can we can squeeze more time, but um yeah, the 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 always is you you think you're gonna run over and, and again it, you know, you shouldn't use it with your mates and it's all a joke, like people just be like, Oh yeah, that's fine, I'll stay but when you've you've got people that are being paid and people that you know, uh, need to be places or you, you, you've got to like, you've got to be on it. So typical working day in a music video it can be really tough. It's not as glamorous as the end products, if that makes sense. Really hard work. Um, and and again, you will have, t- sometimes like you'll have on music videos that where maybe if someone from the label or the commissioner, you know, something that's that's, that's been pitched to them and they know that's coming, that you still might have questions on the day that you have to sort of address. and. So yeah, it's it's really tough, but I mean, they're good for me because obviously, when the the finished product is, you get like a, a a nice film, and especially if like the songs start doing well, you, it's it's good because you kind of get sort of attention or you'll get work off the back of it. But yeah, then it's not it's not definitely not all glitz and grammar. It's not <laughs> it's not chilling with like rock stars and etc. It's just <laughs> fucking hard work. What what do you think makes a good director? Oh, um, if I, if if I knew that, I would probably be sat on a beach right now in L.A., like, you know. Models <laughs> just, around Just yeah. coming <laughs> off, like, a 150K paid job. No, I don't know. I'm joking. Um, I really don't know. Like, I'm still learning, you know, and I still learn a hell of a lot about that. I mean, when I first started at Chief, I was so much about the, the making process. I think it was a big wake-up call that as soon as I started doing it for, for like, you know, agencies, clients... You have, to, you have to learn to speak to people at all different walks of, sort of the industry. You, know, you have to learn how to sort of delegate with your crew at the same time, with the client and then at the same time the agent. You know, you, you're kind of like the middleman for everything. Because I know you mentioned you had a guy on who was a crew member the other day off a, off a feature film. And you know, he's going to speak very differently about that process than, say, a producer would. Or the an act, you know, everyone's very different, but as a director, I think that you're you you you're exposed to all of those people, you know. So you have to interact with, like, whether it's a gaffer or a spark and speak to him, and then you have to do it with clients. So it, I think what makes a good director is being, I don't know if bi- like bilingual is the right word, but you have to be able to dele- delegate and accommodate for lots of different types of people. Uh, and sit and see their point of view as well, like you know, because I've been on shoots where you have suggestions from someone from an agency, and in your head you kind of think that's well, not that's not necessarily wrong, but that's really not how we should be doing this. But you can't just turn around to them and go, no, that's that's ridiculous, that's wrong. We're not doing that. You have to kind of you know hear them out, understand them, and kind of go Around the approach of like possibly, you know, kind of see where you're coming from. But I feel like, how about if we tried it this way? So, it's part of it, it's about delegation. But again, it's everyone's different, you know. Some there's some world class directors that are absolute arseholes, and it works for them because people oh, always like, he's a bit of a daunting guy, I don't even hear him. Um, I don't, I don't, know. I don't really
1: agree with that. Obviously, there are, sorry, not that I don't agree with the statement, yeah, but yeah, I don't agree with that as a, as a role. And why, why would it, you want to be a twat? Yeah, people to get the job done, I find it difficult I've, I've just to live your it, life yeah. like that, Like, yeah.
0: would, do you behave like that? No I'm never like that, like I, my mum's raised me mum where you always treat people how you'd like to be treated but I've definitely been, like when I was younger and used to do a lot of behind the scenes and stuff I've definitely been on shoots where directors have been an absolute cunt and you're like wow, how are you get, getting away with that? Right. Um, no it definitely, definitely happens in the industry and I've seen people like throw absolute tantrums and stuff and. I think you've just got to, as a director, I think you've got to appreciate that, like I said before, like on the Boston studio. although you're the one maybe with the idea and it's going to go on, your, your name's going to go next to the finished product, you need every part of the, the machine for the operation to run. So if, you're, if you speak to someone out of line or out of order or rude or arrogant or whatever to someone, that can cause a chain reaction that, you know, Say say you two hours behind on a shoot, and the spark thinks you're you know an horrible piece of work. He's not gonna work as hard as he would if he thought you know he's a nice guy that bloke. You know if he's mm-hmm. if he's nine hours in and he's tired, he's not he's not gonna carry that light from A to B as fast as he would if he thinks you're a nice you know we get on with it if that makes sense. So, yeah, of course. I think you should I think as a like you, you should never forget people is what I'd probably say. Always remember that everyone is there. For, for you basically to an extent and you should you should appreciate that and you know show gratitude that, that you you know that don't just take it for granted mm-hmm. um, that should go across all forms of work as well you know not yeah, just the film yeah, industry. yeah totally yeah you don't you should ever you know speak to people out of line or just because you feel you're in a hierarchy that's, that's higher than someone else you should speak to them like a piece of turd yeah um, so you know you mentioned you do
1: commercial music videos as uh, have you got any plans or uh, you know any aspirations to sort of look at longer form content? You know, with the onset with the the spike in Netflix and Amazon subscriptions, yeah, yeah. They're, they're putting mm. an awful lot of money in long form content and mm. getting huge huge volumes of hits. I think Bird Box. Have you seen that Netflix I, I have film? I've seen Bird Box. Yeah, incredible. That got
0: what did you some, think to that? I absolutely loved it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you? Don't say you didn't enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed but, watching it. I think I think the, the I think there was parts of it that were a bit. But it, yeah, it was one of those things. Sometimes again, if a film's watchable and you enjoy it, it doesn't matter.
1: I thought I thought it was incredible. I think it could yeah. have been done by, by a small crew as an independent, as yeah, like yeah. an indie film. Yeah. yeah and just yeah. once you got a big name on it, you it just it gave me a bit of a, a push to think, well, why can't I do something yeah, like that? Well, so you know I mean, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the idea was there. Yeah. It didn't need massive sets or no, you know anything over extravagant. They had yeah, a couple yeah. of effects and, and stuff, but generally it was about the idea mm. that was executed well. Yeah, yeah, that I really enjoyed. Yeah. But anyway, that. So that got something like a third of all Netflix subscribers watched that film really? within wow. the first week of when it came out. That's pretty impressive. So it's, that's yeah, yeah. M- millions and millions yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Have you got any thoughts of going into longer form content, dramas or you know, <coughs> or features, um, or do you want to stick to what you're doing for the moment? What's your future plans, basically?
0: I, I, did, I wrote a short film... I'm going to say short film, I've done sort of short films, but my short films tend to last in the realms of like a maximum of two and a half minutes. I wrote a short film... Almost like a micro short. Yeah, I wrote a short film last year that was like, that would have probably come out at like 10 minutes long and we casted for it and everything and just worked sort of like, took a precedent and kind of had to put it on the back burner. So I've still got that kind of in my pocket, but I'm, I'm not in a rush to make it. Um, I am doing something at the moment, which is a bit hush-hush, so I can't say. I'll tell you uh, <laughs> off okay. air, um, which is going to be a f- more of a feature doco, so we're looking at about the hour mark, um, and we are thinking of sort of pushing that out to like, you sort of um, streaming platforms. Um, so that, yeah, that's something that's that's ongoing at the moment, which we're doing. Um, fe- anything feature film, I, I don't know, I think feature films are a completely different sort of nature of the beast, like, I'd, I'd love to do one one day, but... I appreciate it. I don't know. I just not at the moment. Right at the moment, I don't. I'm not in a rush to go and make a feature film. Do you know I mean? Yeah. I feel like if I ever made a feature film, I'd I'd just I would be so fearful of it being shit. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel really guilty when I watch them on Netflix and you know, like 20 minutes in. I'm like, this isn't very good because someone's uh, put two years of their life yeah, into exactly. That, you it? know, someone's put literally the blood, sweat, and tears into that, and you're sat. You know. In your boxes on your bed, you know, eat some ice cream. And you're just like, this is crap. Like, I'm a, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just like so that's throwaway. The, yeah, that's the painful. Part um, and I'd hate, part of it. <laughs> I'd hate to have to think that someone was doing that to something that I made. But the reality is that would probably happen. But yeah, I've got no plans to make a feature film, documentary format. Yes, um, but as I said, I can't really say much at the moment. And then perhaps, yeah, I would like to do a, a short film, probably like 10 minutes sort of mm. realms in the next two years, I'd say. Well,
1: we had a guest on the podcast a uh, couple of weeks ago who got her documentary on Netflix. Right. So that might be worth listening to. lady awesome. called Leanne Gator. She's based right. in Manchester but shot a documentary about the Tigers of Scotland and had oh, Ian right. Glenn, who's in Game of Thrones. He was yeah, the narrator yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Right. So we talked about her journey. Yeah. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and find yeah, it. Yeah, will do, definitely. And yeah. Uh, yeah, And she talked about how she went to film festivals, managed to bump into the right commissioner yeah. who was based in the US, yeah. who then got it put on Netflix and yeah. she now makes a royalty off it. Right. So it's a pretty incredible journey yeah, to be able yeah. to, it was self-funded, spent 25 mm. grand of her own money, wow. made this film That's with her and a partner over the course of a year, and on weekends and evenings yeah. and whatever. Eventually got it to a point where she was happy with it and yeah. then submitted it and, then, and now it's on, and you can watch it now if yeah, you want yeah. to. God. You know, incredible yeah. journey, but it just shows it can be done yeah, definitely. with small crews, you don't necessarily need Big agents
0: or no, big no. production
1: companies to to get your content in front yeah. of the right people.
0: Well, again, I refer back to, to, to me being sort of Lady Luck. We kind of have someone at the moment that is in that sort of as that door open for us. So oh, cool. we're quite lucky at the moment. But again, it's nothing's like signed off and confirmed, but. You know, we're hoping that that's, that's where it's going to lie. But yeah, I'll tell you off that.
1: <laughs> okay, awesome. So, just sort of coming to a close, because obviously, respectful of your time, mm-hmm. we, just, we tend to finish these podcasts with some quick
0: fire questions. Yeah, yeah. So, just like short, snappy sure. answers. So, uh, what kind of stuff do you like to do outside of work? Um, go to the football, big United fan. Um, although we got beat, I don't, this will be. Isn't that back.
1: a regular occurrence?
0: Uh it was. It's not anymore. <laughs> We've got Solshaw seems to be doing a good job. Um but yeah, I'm a bit a love of football. Um two best mates that I live with, massive football fans, season ticket holders. Uh, we're going to Paris in a couple of weeks for the away leg uh, of last night's game. Um just like most most people really, you know, like sounds sounds proper cliche, isn't it? Like I'm on a sort of a dating uh, site. But yeah, socialising <laughs> with mates, going out drinking. Um I'm being into my running at the moment. Like I've been going doing a lot of running. Oh really? On that Strava app. Oh nice one. Why are you doing that? Um I did it because after Christmas I felt like I needed to get into shape a bit more because as most people do after Christmas you yeah. sort of overindulge, don't you? So um but no, I, I really enjoy going running. Um, I'm doing it a lot myself as well. I'm training
1: for the marathon, Manchester Marathon in oh April, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been running for the last year and got injured almost immediately and really? having, to, <laughs> having to sort of deal with that mentally and physically, go yeah. to physio and do strength training every single day to try yeah. and overcome a horrendous ICB knee injury. Wow. But, you know, and I still have to run. I do, I probably do a 15K run once a week and do then yeah. two 5Ks at the moment, which is nowhere near enough for a marathon. Yeah, yeah. I usually do 5K five, five,
0: five every week. Like three times a week, so, That's so good. it's good. Makes you feel know. great, right? It's good. To yeah, it's good, day, it's good. It's good for endorphin. That's good as well because you put your headphones in, don't you? You just kind of yeah. go, and there's not like.
1: I take the dog. He keeps it company. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's yeah. He's Dog's a, probably fit an athlete. An athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what would be some advice you'd give to your 21-year-old self? Um,
0: good question. I would, I would probably say. I don't want to. I don't want to say just don't give up because that is so like that is cliche, and but don't just but. I don't know. It is it bad of me to say kind of what I did anyway? Like, because I always thought if I just keep plugging away, I would probably say keep plugging away and don't don't just expect that someone is going to hand you something, um, and be prepared. Like, always be prepared. And this will happen throughout. I'm sure, my there will be really crappy times like where you aren't working or where that you feel like, especially with social media, you feel that someone's doing way better than you are uh, and you would want to be there I'd, I'd probably i would probably say actually don't judge you ju- don't judge where you are against someone else there's a, there's a director in america that i'm a massive fan of and i mean he's only I think he's like 5 years older than but i was like look on his oh my god like he's great and then i found myself going back on his vimeo and seeing like trying to work out what age he was my age and what he was making but it doesn't really it, i feel like when you like i'm 28 now and I'm going to be 30 in two years. I feel like that is. It's all going to kind of mush into one anyway. No one's really, no one's really looking at your age. Like I mean, there's there's, there's directors at like twenty in London that are amazing. But I would just say don't judge yourself against other people. Like if you're happy at what you're doing, you know, then just ride with it. And again, like don't don't get so caught up with that. I've not made it yet. I've not made something amazing yet. If you do, if you if you're lucky enough to be paid to make some stuff, great. If not, keep doing it, and you enjoy you purely enjoy doing it. You know, I I was making films and working in a bar like quite a lot when I was younger. It's like I loved working in the bar; it's great, really good social hours, get me money to go and like get a new pair of trainers and then shoot some films at the weekend, and like I enjoy going out with mates. So don't don't get too preoccupied with being just a filmmaker. You know, just live your life as well as, as be your mates and go and dick about, like, don't... Just be 21. Yeah, exactly, be 21. Don't 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 try and be something you're not, just, you know, and it will, it, you know, if you work hard, it'll, it'll come. You know, I still, myself, don't feel like I've, I've, I've made it. I still, there's a hell of a lot of what I do, you know. So, yeah, I just say just concentrate on being 21. Don't... Nice one. Go and have a good time. Cool, and finally, what are ways to connect with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Which is? Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure it is Charlie underscore J. I'll repeat this, don't worry Because this is yes. Yeah, so you can you can find me on my Instagram, uh, which is Charlie underscore J underscore Watts, or my website, which is uh, www. charliewatts32. So the digits free two dot com i uh, we'll put all these links in the show notes so you would have to memorise it oh cool <laughs> uh, and to be honest on the website you've got like my, my Instagram my Vimeo and stuff um, okay. or if you go onto Chief's website you'll you find me on there So awesome uh, well thank you very much for your time mate that was no, I've great en- I've enjoyed it it's, uh, it's very good cool quite reminiscent as I say it's going back over the years and, and I hope I've not come across as a pretentious <laughs> director to an <anyone> listener <laughs> I hope you uh, enjoyed it well, thanks for having me